fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Uh, you can also call us, 212-529-4620, 212-529-4620, and pledge your support. A few minutes with Mr. Malcolm Honline. He is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Today, Mr. Honline is in Jerusalem, Israel, in advance of the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning from Jerusalem, beautiful Jerusalem. Weather is great. Very great excitement here because of the celebrations. I participated in one already today where 1,012 communities were linked together for Shabbat Yerushalayim. And uh, I came from Azerbaijan and Georgia where I had opportunities not only to meet with the leaders but to participate with the Vad Latzalas. Nikhay Israel, which is building schools in Jewish schools in Tbilisi and in Baku and doing programming and outreach and seeing the vibrance of, uh, of from this, these smaller communities, of the re- rebirth of the communities and the vibrance of Jewish life and Jewish learning and the really wonderful work that is being done. Come here, buoy it up for what we hope will be a great uh, simcha that will be reflected in the United States and everywhere around the world. You see all the attempts now, uh, really vicious attempts, to separate Jews from, from Jerusalem, from the Kotel, from our holiest sites. And it's a, it's a growing movement. And we have to respond by really celebrating and reaffirming our ties, as you do so often throughout the year, and we do uh, together. The the message has to, cannot be more important than now. Malcolm, take me back for a minute, because, I mean, you brought it up, and rightfully so, the journey you took this week to those amazing countries. Is there an effort among those Jewish communities to get people to move to Israel? Is there a desire? Is there an interest? How would you describe the Zionism level when you go to places like that? Well, in the schools, <clears throat> clearly they teach about Israel, and uh, Israel looms large, because most of the people in these countries uh, have gone to Israel, and almost everybody has relatives in Israel. That's why these communities are small, and they are trying to provide a Jewish education to retain the people who are there, so they have the nucleus for uh, Jewish life. But, of course, it's not to the exclusion of uh, recognition that, that going to Israel is the one insurance policy we have, that they remain Jewish, uh, because the marriage opportunities, the um, opportunities in Jewish life are limited, but through the sacrifice of uh, so many people uh, are there and continue. And the school, and we saw kindergarten, in Baku, in uh, Georgia, where they're rebuilding the Jewish school from, the, from really from the bottom up, uh, has 50 kids. And, you know, if they don't start at first grade and second grade, there's no place for them to go. So people have a lot of interaction with Israel, and Israel is very central in it. And remarkably, in Azerbaijan, a Muslim country, Georgia is a Christian country, the Israeli flags are flown. There's a great feeling towards Israel, and in both countries, towards Jews. Uh, Malcolm Honline is with us. If you appreciate the weekly update every single week, I remind you, you could donate as you're listening. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and keep us going. Uh, well, you know what the focus is. You alluded to it earlier. It's the President of the United States visiting Israel 
Um, everyone is so curious, just wondering what's the, what the results of this trip will be, what type of atmosphere there will be in Jerusalem. I don't even know if it, in advance it's something you could predict at this point. I know I keep harping on it, Malcolm, because basically everybody continues to harp on it. Uh, do you think over the next couple of days, uh, specifically uh, Monday and Tuesday when the President of the United States is in Jerusalem, there might be some type of announcement that would make those who are anticipating a move of the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, happy and glad. I don't think it's going to be the kind of uh, announcement that uh, most of us would have wanted to hear or many people have predicted. Uh, there could be some oblique reference or mention uh, of the ties to Jerusalem, but the fact that he's going to the Kotel uh, is very positive, that he's not allowing the Israeli officials with him, is again a statement about the, the limitations to how far they go, and I don't believe that they will announce a move of an embassy. The debate here now is uh, what kind of uh, statements he'll make about either openly or privately about restricting settlement development. Uh, that was a, that's the headlines uh, this morning. The um, uh, you know his his itinerary while. It seems to change pretty readily. Includes uh, visit to Yad Vashem and his, and his speech at the Israel Museum, but not at the Knesset, which has uh, raised questions. And uh, certainly the flip-flopping about the embassy issue, uh, which I, as you know, on the show kept arguing from the beginning was a mistake to make it a public debate. That it should have been that the likelihood of uh, achieving it diminishes the more public assertions and other things were were said and done that uh, this this is something that should just have happened, and, and everybody would have seen that it didn't change anything on the ground. Uh, so I, I don't think that, that that we should be realistic about the expectations. The fact is he's visiting early in his tenure. It will follow the meetings in Saudi Arabia, and we will see to what degree those discussions include uh, some sort of a new Saudi or Arab initiative building you know, on or amending the original Saudi plan and saying that they will create a regional context for the negotiations or potential negotiations uh, regarding Israel and the Palestinians. Although, again, I think most people don't expect to see much. There may be a, a three-way meeting, but I don't think anybody should anticipate a major breakthrough. I don't see the grounds for it yet. And I think the, the, um, the hope here is that this will be a, a significant visit, one of the three, to faith centers, to Islam and to Christianity in the Vatican, and here to Jewish sites. He'll also visit Bethlehem uh, and likely meet with Abbas there, uh, and not in Ramallah. So there are positives, there are concerns, there are potentially negatives, but I think we should give this an opportunity to develop. It's only 30 hours. And, uh, a lot, lot could happen in 30 hours, right? A lot could happen in 30 hours. Very much, and, and that's why I tell anybody, you make predictions about this uh, in, in general about the world today, but certainly about what will happen here, and I think uh, it's, it's a mistake. And you don't raise expectations because that can lead only to disappointment. Oh, yes. And, and you're better off you know, trying to be clear and, and analytical about it and realize the limitations, but at the same time, the aspirations. want to remind everybody, it's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio exclusively around the world, NahumSiegel.com, the NSN Network, and, of course, the NSN app. Day 38 in the counting of the Omer. If you got the count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Malcolm Holmline is with us from Jerusalem. We head to Jerusalem over the weekend. We start from there on Monday in commemoration of the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem.
the big celebration. And uh, I remind you, everybody out there, we are a listener-supported outfit. If you if you enjoy and gain from these conversations and everything we do all week long at JM and the AM, go to fjbunity.org right now, fjbunity.org right now, and uh, contribute. You could also call 212-529-4620, 212-529-4620. What do you make of this whole issue of uh, whether or not the President of the United States should be accompanied by the Prime Minister to the Western Wall? Um, well, it is not insignificant. It, it, it started off with the comments of somebody who is a second-level official at the uh, consulate, U.S. consulate in Jerusalem, which primarily services the Palestinian populations and West Bank, um, uh, Arab populations, it is uh, known historically as being somewhat hostile, and um, it does not report to the embassy in one of the real anomalies. It, it reports directly to the State Department, uh, and um, ambassadors have, have little control over it, the, uh, and traditionally known to have Arabists uh, there. The, so the statement that was made ended up in a shouting match when they contended that why would the prime minister be there this is not part of israel etc you know strictly almost unesco language and that escalated it became public but the uh, bottom line decision seems to be that they are not allowing any israelis to go because that would be a recognition of israeli sovereignty do you recall do you, do, you, do you recall a president or prime minister accompanying a president or high-level official to the western wall I know that there have been visits, usually private, and so this is being classified also as a private visit, but not with the president or prime minister. So it's not unusual that that he would go alone, so to speak. It's not unusual. It's usually what happens, in fact. Well, it's, it's not usual for presidents to go to the hotel, so... At all. There's no, there's no real precedent uh, that, uh, you know, U.S. policy has always been to limit access to Western World, even members of Congress have told me this, but they go regardless, and uh, sometimes accompanied by U.S. officials. So this is, yeah, it's not a groundbreaking decision, but because of the statements the administration and people associated with it have made in the past, and the assertions about what would be regarding all of the issues, and then some premature, and sometimes raising things too high to high profile, you know, forces then a backlash and responses, etc., uh, rather than quietly just accomplishing things, uh, which I think is part, and, and many people were responsible for that on both sides of the ocean, that, uh, you know, now this visit um, comes under that context, and especially coming after the meetings with the Arab leaders. So I hope that, you know, it will be seen as a positive gesture that going to the hotel and um, praying or whatever he will do there and that his comments <laughs> elsewhere will help uh, calm some of the concerns and fears about what he envisages and what the expectations. I hope they are realistic now that there can't be negotiations. There's not going to be a deal right away, but you can help create uh, better circumstances, and the Israelis are proposing packages of economic 
benefits for Palestinians, other things which uh, they hope will improve the climate and show that they are willing to to help and to move things in the right direction. Malcolm Holmline with us, weekly update, high-profile news story, of course, this week in terms of whether or not the President of the United States gave over to the Russians some type of uh, intelligence regarding things going on in the Middle East. Um, apparently, uh, whatever intelligence was transmitted originally came from Israel to the United States. It seems this story has been very, very quiet in Israel. I don't mean among the media. I mean among Israeli officials. Aren't you a little surprised that nobody, it seems, has really come out with any type of statement and that Israeli officials seem to acknowledge uh, that? So, uh, and and uh, we've seen Ron Dermer's statements that uh, this won't affect the cooperation between the two countries. The point is to, to try and dampen the fire here. As far as Israel is concerned, what happens in America is a separate story about the dealing with the legal classified information, if it's legitimate, if it's right, if it's wrong. But uh, Israel shouldn't be in the center of it, and I think the, the least said on this, the better. Uh, yeah, but you have to admit that when it comes to stories like this, usually somebody is either saying or misspeaking from Israel. And it seems everyone's been completely silent, which I find fascinating, frankly. Uh, I, I don't know that everybody's really been silent <laughs> on it. Uh, I've certainly heard from a lot of people about it. They've been silent when it comes to us. Including like government. Inclu- in, in the public uh, <laughs> arena, they've been cautious. And again, because, you know, it, it's a question of the facts. You, you, no government admits that they have somebody implanted. Second, you don't want to compromise that person further if it is true. And third, the, you, you, the, there's nothing to be gained. You know, it's not a situation you can rectify by a public statement such as a policy decision, you know, the debate here about the U.S. waiving sanctions on Iran or, or other things that they had hoped would not be the case, and the president's, you know, earlier statements about uh, the way he would address Iran. So some, there have been public expressions of disappointment with that, but not about, uh, they won't talk about such a sensitive and, and uh, delicate area, especially if it involves highly classified operations. Yeah, I mean, on that very same topic, and, and maybe just asking in a different way, in your opinion, and I know it's so hard to answer this, but just give me your feeling, is it possible that, that this United States administration, that this U.S. president would, in fact, uh, give to the Russians something that could be detrimental if the Iranians would find out about it? I mean, is it even possible? Is, is it conceivable? Like, what, what's your feeling about the matter? Or is, or is it basically like, like our media is telling us that anything seems to go in the White House and anything's possible? Or all of the above. Uh, it, it does seem that there are, you know, the, the president felt that, that sharing this information would indicate, you know, that their knowledge of the situation and warning them about the danger of the partners that they're choosing. But uh, revealing classified information is a very serious matter because it inhibits future exchanges. Second, it it places in danger, obviously, operatives, though nobody was named and nobody knows uh, who the exact source is, but I guess there are only limited channels that, that, that is possible. Uh, so it is, um, people said it's an experience. Other people say that it's... Uh, you know, that he was not considering the, the implications that he'd been briefed and had that information and shared it. The Russians seemed to indicate that no breach was made. So we don't have the exact transcript or the facts. We know what different people have said in this and the other contexts that have come up. It's just there are too many things right now, and these are too many distractions. And when you meet foreign leaders, they tend to express some confusion and raise many questions about what is happening or what direction things are going. 
All right, I got you. Uh, everybody, the weekly update is happening right now. Malcolm Holmline is with us. Remember, we are in our fundraising week to support the work that we do and to keep us going yet for another year, especially with the weekly update and every, all the other great features. FJBUnity.org, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, FJBUnity.org, FJBUnity.org. Please donate now or 212-529-4620, 212-529-4620. By the way, I love the headline in the Jerusalem Post, Trump comes to Israel accompanied by chaos. That might just sum up the whole situation that we're anticipating this coming week in Jerusalem, something that you already... Isn't that the Russian spy operation, <laughs> chaos? Although that's... Oh, boy! A, a, a nice pop culture reference from the 1960s. Malcolm Holmline. Boy, oh, boy. That was a good one. Um, the the uh, Do you think he'll use the opportunity, wherever he ends up speaking, and now they're saying the Israel Museum, that Masada's out, etc., etc., wherever he ends up speaking and making public comments. Do you think he'll use the opportunity in Israel, Dafka, to talk about sanctions against Iran and discuss other enemies of Israel while he's there? I think you, I mean, I think you will talk definitely about uh, some of the regional threats, certainly what's going on in Syria and uh, the commitment to Israel's security. I think we'll, we'll hear reiterations of the usual uh, troubles about uh, the commitment, you know, unshakable, unbreakable, yeah. commitment to Israel's security, the areas that they are building, and even there may be references to the arms sales, you know, to, to Saudi Arabia, which are talking about a $110 billion package that um, will not threaten Israel and that they're, gonna, they're committed today to Israel and hopefully to some of Israel's neighbors, uh, like Jordan and Egypt, uh, we'll, we'll get positive messages as well. Uh, so people will read every word and, and read between the lines to see if there's any diminution or any uh, change in, in policy. That A lot of internal debate between various political factions. It was interesting that Zionist Union leaders, uh, labor leaders uh, led by um, Mr. Herzog, went to visit uh, the settlements, some some of the settlements yesterday as a statement. I think that the Ari Lapid's comments also, very strong statements. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we, it's a very political climate, and within the right, there are a lot of divisions, and within the overall system, there are, between the parties, there are um, considerable tensions. And and if the meeting, if the visit for some reason goes awry, then there will be a huge blame game. There is already about some of the issues in saying that, about how things were played in the first six months. I think it's, it's some of that is really misguided, some of it is legitimate. Um, by the way, today's election day, right? In Iran, today is election day? Today is election day, very important election, because it's come down to, unlike the, what the media says, it's down by a very hardliner and a hardliner. There are no moderates in this race. Rouhani is not a moderate. You know, we, we waived the sanctions uh, again, and hopefully that will be reviewed quickly and soon. There were some additional sanctions placed on people involved in the missile development program, but the waiver of the, of, uh, the sanctions at this time was an issue that was being discussed and debated, and there were many people who hoped that it wouldn't, and we hoped that at least there will be new sanctions on banking and other areas that really affect uh, Iran, Iran's aggressiveness throughout the region, and it goes, uh, I'm saying, from Europe to South America. They, they are more and more aggressive, uh, engaging and expanding their control. And I've met with people from uh, Syria, Iraq, and Lebanon, where they all talk about the, the increasing uh, oppressive nature of the Iranian role through the IRGC and through the Shiite militias, and their, their attempts to affect uh, people even in countries like Malaysia, 
where where they have set up operations to convince to convert Sunnis to Shiism. So the I hope Iran will be addressed. Certainly in the private meetings it will. Oh, that I know. I but I'm wondering what he would say. The president publicly. will make some sort of a public declaration about the U.S. intent. Um, all right, uh, please, everybody. Remember, it's Celebration Week. Malcolm's going to be there. We'll be there. A lot of people are going to be there. I hope that in spirit, those who are not there will be there by listening to us and doing other things to remind our children and grandchildren that it's Yom Yerushalayim this week. I hope the accurate quote of Harabayat Biadenu is one that people will be quoting so we don't take our focus off the Temple Mount, as unfortunately too many people both within and without our community tend to do. The quote is, is Harabayat Biadenu, and let's never forget that. And it's 50 years later, and let's celebrate. And we have an opportunity to 4th of June. I, I know it sounds crazy that I'm mentioning it now, but between the, this coming week and with Yom Yerushalayim and then Shavuos and everything is going to get lost in the shuffle. The 4th of June, make plans to be in New York City and celebrate Israel and learn how to celebrate and understand how incredible and miraculous these miracles of the last 50 years and 69 years have been. Um, Malcolm, we uh, I apologize for cutting you short. Obviously, we'll get further comments after the trip and uh, in subsequent weekly updates. Uh, we're just asking everybody to support us and keep us going here. Uh, I wish you, I hope, I hope we'll see you in Israel. I wish you a wonderful stay there and a Chag Yom Yerushalayim Sameach. Malcolm, uh, I know you're one who will take in all the incredible, uh, wonderful celebrations and really appreciate them in Jerusalem this coming week. And, and to realize the real miracle that we've seen and think of where things were 50 years ago. It's a short period of time in history. And in two weeks from now, when we convene again, I will have a chance to really talk about the incredible events that we will have been privileged, the historic events to, to witness and participate in. And people who can't can do it online. You can participate in all of the – many of these things will be uh, streamed online and live. So everybody everywhere can be part of it if they want. Hey, wish us luck. You always uh, you always say that entities like ours deserve to be on forever. Wish us luck in our big fundraiser today. Uh, not only luck, I wish you money. And that uh, <laughs> <laughs> get cash is much better than good wishes. You can say that and again. And that people really uh, contribute and understand the importance of sustaining this uh, this endeavor and, and the communications is more important in these days, and especially because of all the confusion and all of the intensity and complexities, having uh, the ready access to information, aside from entertainment and all the other things that you provide, is really critical. Thank you, Malcolm. A Shabbat Shalom, and again, a Chag Sameach. We'll see you in Jerusalem. Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Let's do some pledges, everybody. Let's talk about donations. You can go to fjbunity.org right now to keep us going. fjbunity.org right now or call 212-529-4620. 212-529-4620. fjbunity.org.